Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hello, everybody. Um, it's been a while, huh? Yeah, it feels like a long time, but it hasn't been that that long. Yeah. Well, I've got another fucked up story for y'all. It's very sad, but when it's true crime, it usually is extremely sad. That is true. So, we're going to do today the murders of Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom. Have you heard of these? The names definitely ring a bell. Okay. Well... I'm going to do a little bit about, like, literally just a little bit about um, backs. well, like, a, what is it called? Not backstory. Is it backstory? Origin? Background? Mm, maybe. I guess back <coughs> backstory of the two victims, their mm. history. Okay. Biographies. Sure. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> so Shannon Gale Christian was born April 29th, 1985 in Nacogdoches, Texas. Uh, she moved with her family from Louisiana to Tennessee. Louisiana. Okay, I guess, wait, Nacogdoches is pretty close to the, it's, on, it's in East Texas, right? Oh, I, I would not know. Texas is big. It is extremely big. Nope, Nacogdoches is not. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it's close to it's close to Louisiana. It's on the east side of Texas. Um, but it's close to the Louisiana, the Louisiana border, and I'm assuming they moved there after she was born. Um, but then they moved from Louisiana to Tennessee at, in 1997. She was a graduate of Farragut High School in 2003, and she was a senior majoring in sociology at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and she had planned on graduating in December 2007. She was 21 years old when she was murdered. Now, the other victim is Hugh. His full name is Hugh Christopher Chris Newsom Jr. He was born September 21st, 1983 in Knoxville. He was a former baseball player for the Halls High School Red Devils, and he graduated in 2002. And after high school, he attended the Pellissippi. Pellissippi. <laughs> the Mississippi State Technical Community College, and he became a carpenter, and he was 23 when he was murdered. So now that we have a little bit of their background, we are going to get into the day of the murder, or well, the day that everything started, because it's like really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Um, so on Saturday, January 6, 2007, Shannon and Chris planned to go to dinner together and then attend a friend's party after. 
So that afternoon, um, Shannon went to a friend's apartment to get ready. And at around 8 p.m., she, her friend went to the party and then she waited for Chris to pick her up at her friend's house, which in hindsight is so sad, but so news, newsroom. Yes. Chris arrived and he and Shannon went to the apartment complex parking lot. And that was when four men who also lived in the apartments, were watching them walk to their car, to uh, Shannon's car. And, um, of course, they're dating, so they are, like, acting like a couple. Like, they're, like, um, hugging each other or whatever and, like, being cute with each other or whatever before they get in the car. So they're standing there, And that's whenever these four men come and they decide to attack the couple. So they force both of them into the backseat of Shannon's SUV at gunpoint. And they tied their hands behind their backs and they were taken. So one of the assailants was, I think his name is Lamarcus. Davidson and so they so that was one of the assailants so um they after they tied them up they took them to Davidson's house because he didn't live at the apartment complex so he lived in um 2316 Chipman Street and so they took them there and both Shannon and Chris were raped by these men. Chris is believed to have been raped inside of Davidson's house. And according to the testimony of the Knox County acting medical examiner, Chris was sodomized with an object and raped by a minimum of one of the perpetrators. He was then taken to a set of railroad tracks where he was forced to walk barefoot to the location where he was murdered. Mm. Prosecutors believe a mangled dog leash found on a hillside leading up to the railroad tracks was used to force Chris to walk to his death. When Chris was murdered, his hands were bound behind his back and his feet were bound together. He was blindfolded, with a bandana and gagged with a sock. He wore only a shirt and underwear. Chris was shot in his neck and back. And uh, he initially survived the shooting, but he was later shot again, but this time in the head. And the fatal shot was fired with the gun's muzzle against his head above his right ear, and it severed his brain stem. And... After they killed him, they set his body on fire. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was really fucked up. Um, So while this is happening, Shannon was held as prisoner inside Davison's house, mostly in the North Bedroom. Prosecutors believe that... The another assailant, um, 
shit, where'd he go? Uh, which it was actually a girl. Her name was Vanessa Lynn Coleman. Um, but prosecutors believe that Vanessa held Shannon captive while the male offenders went and murdered Chris. So after murdering Chris, they returned back to the house where they beat and repeatedly raped Shannon. And the medical examiner testified that Shannon died after hours of sexual torture sustaining severe head injuries and suffering severe injuries to her vagina, anus, and mouth due to sexual assaults. And her injuries were also consistent with being raped by, or with an object. Mm -hmm. Um, According to the medical examiner, the sexual attack that she endured was extreme and quote, unquote, much more than a simple sexual assault. Mm. Why would you say it that way? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, prosecutors believe that Shannon was tied to a chair and orally raped by Davidson and another assailant. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Latalvis Darnell Cobbins. So she was um, orally raped by Davidson and Cobbins. Uh, Shannon was also anally and vaginally, vaginally raped. And then she was beaten, kicked in her groin, and beaten on the head. She suffered extensive hemorrhaging to her head and groin. And she suffered bruises and carpet burns on much of her body. I cannot even imagine. I Yeah, the brutalization is just like they treated her like a rag doll pretty much. Like she wasn't even a human being to them. Yes, yeah. It kind of reminds me not as – I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Junko Furuta story. But hers was like weeks of. They yeah they they drew that out like they made it last long for her. But in this case, it was just like they found a happy couple and just wanted to use them and destroy their lives. Yeah, and it was random as fuck. Like just random as fuck. It's like seeing them happy together made them like triggered them to pick them or something. Yeah. So evil. Yeah. Um. So it gets worse. So according to Davidson's confession, during Shannon's captivity, she said that she didn't want to die, which is so freaking sad. Yeah. And then before, before killing her to remove DNA evidence, they poured bleach down her throat and scrubbed her body, including her bleeding and battered genital area with bleach. <clears throat> so she was bound in a hogtied fashion with curtains and strips of bedding. Her face was tightly covered with a small trash bag and her body was stashed in five large trash bags. Like her body as a whole. They shoved her into these, into 
one trash bag and then another and then another and then another. Oh my gosh. And um, so she was naked except for her camisole and sweater. And um, it says she was tied in a fetal position, but the hog type position is the opposite way, isn't it? Well, I guess if she's curled in enough in the fetal position, her hands can still fit, can still reach below her into her feet. Yeah. Um, so she was then tied into a fetal position, placed inside a residential waste disposal unit, which is fancy for a trash can, and covered with sheets. <clears throat> the medical examiner testified at trial that there was evidence that Shannon slowly suffocated to death. Oh, my God. She died between the afternoon of January 7th and the afternoon of January 8th. And as she suffocated to death, Davidson left to spend time with his girlfriend and he gave her Shannon's personal items. Mm-mm. And he also used Chris's cell phone and was seen wearing Chris's shoes. Like, so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, those were the murders. And now for the investigation. After uh, Shannon and Chris did not show up at that party that they were going to. Uh, the couple's friends began calling and texting them and received no response. Later at around 11 p.m., two of Chris's friends went to the apartment uh, where they had been kidnapped and found Chris's truck in the parking lot, but they weren't able to locate Shannon's SUV, which is the one that they were thrown into and the... Mm-hmm assailants took so or the murderers took so a witness who worked as a driver for waste connections arrived at work on chipman street at around 12 30 a.m on january 7th he noticed that the lights in 2316 chipman street were on and that the house seemed busy for the time of night he saw a forerunner in front of the house with its in front of the house with its porch lights on the witness later observed the forerunner drives slowly by him. The car slowed down for about 20 seconds as if the occupants were checking him out. He saw four black men in the car. Another witness who lived around one block from 2316 Chipman Street heard three pops from the direction of the train tracks at about 1.45 a.m. Mm. So as this is, ha- like, it, this is while everything is happening. Literally, mm-hmm. they were killing these people mm-hmm. and taking them and moving them with this driver for mm-hmm. this trash man. Yeah. So Chris's body was discovered near a set, the set of railroad tracks on January 7th at 12.20 p.m. by a Norfolk Southern Railroad employee. Though there was semen inside of Chris's body, DNA in the semen had been destroyed by the fire. That is unfortunate. Oh, my God. So, and a comforter was wrapped around Chris's body, and a sweatshirt was wrapped around his head. His bare and muddy feet indicated that he had walked barefoot to the area where he was killed. Mm. So... Back to later... That day, 
Shannon failed to answer calls from her mother and friends, um, and she didn't attend work. So the couple's friends and families were trying to continue looking for them. They were checking local hospitals, and they filed missing persons reports. So Shannon's parents requested help from law enforcement, but were told that they would have to search themselves. They were told they what? had to search themselves. Uh, like, what the f- that's, that's so uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So they then sought help from Shannon's mobile phone provider and learned that her phone had last pinged at a Cherry Street phone tower. Hmm. Um, I'm assuming, which is not far from Chipman Street. So, uh, so their families and friends searched the Cherry Street area and found Shannon's abandoned forerunner between 1.30 a.m. and 2 a.m. on Monday, January 8th. Several items from Shannon's vehicle, including a teddy bear and photographs that she kept there in her, on the dash or whatever. Um, Where am I? Oh, no. Oh, and her phone charger and her iPod. Those were missing. Uh, The front seats were pushed back, and that meant that Shannon couldn't have reached the pedals, so clearly someone else had driven it. Uh, The floorboard was covered with mud, um, which let the family know basically that somebody else was in here besides the seat being pushed back because Shannon didn't, she kept her vehicle very clean inside. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have let the mud stay like that. So, um, and then stickers that she kept on the outside windows had been removed, <clears throat> and inside the vehicle was a pack of Newports cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither uh, Shannon or Chris smoked mm-hmm. Newports. So, Police also recovered an envelope from the vehicle that yielded fingerprint evidence leading them to Lamarcus. Oh, that was his name. Lamarcus Davidson. Davidson. And uh, yes, the Chipman Street is two blocks away from Cherry Street. Mm. So he only, he parked the car two blocks away from his house mm-hmm. and left all that shit in there. Oh my gosh, stupid. Fucking. Oh it, they'll go to the length of like pouring bleach on somebody, but then there's like, I guess, yes, you exactly. know, <laughs> oh, they really stupid. just thought it was fine. Like, okay, that's over with. Yeah. Mm. So when police went to, to the address, to 2316 Chipman Street. It was Tuesday, January 8th, and they found the house unoccupied, but they searched it. And that's when they found Shannon's body in the trash can in the kitchen. Mm. And she was in the five large trash bags, and the bags had Davidson's prints on them. Mm. And his prints were also found on a box of garbage bags 
And his sperm was found in, like, the bleach didn't take away everything. Like, he didn't do a good enough job. So they found um, his sperm in her vagina and her anus while uh, Cobbins' sperm was found in her mouth. Also inside the house were several items that belonged to Shannon and Chris, including her Shannon's purse, clothing that she had had in the vehicle, her shoes, camera, the photographs that had been in the car, which were ripped and burned, and her iPod, and then Chris's baseball cap and his driver's license. Mm. And several of the belongings had Davidson's prints on them. And um, a lot of the items from Shannon's car were put into trash bags. Like they, I guess they were going to throw them away. Mm. Like some of the stuff they didn't want. Um, But obviously that never happened. So in addition to the sperm found on Shannon's body, Davidson's sperm was found on her jeans while... Cobbins sperm was found on her camisole sweater and jeans and shell casings found at Davidson's house matched the bullets used to kill Chris. I swear these like, so after finding do what? It's like incomplete. Like they never finished trying to hide their tracks. It's it's like, it should be good enough. They took a break or something. They were like, well, let's go, like, do this, and then we can... For for how savage the crime was, you would think that they would really try to freaking Mm -hmm. cover every every step, cover it up. But mm, I'm glad they didn't, because it was despicable. Yeah. They did. So after Mm -hmm. finding Shannon's body and discovering the presence of Davidson semen on her clothing and in her body cavities, police... um, began a manhunt for Davidson. After receiving phone calls between Davidson and another uh, assailant, Eric Dwayne Boyd. Oh my goodness, where? Here we go. Okay, yes. After receiving phone calls between Davidson and Boyd, They asked Boyd for information regarding Davidson's whereabouts, and Boyd directed them to a vacant house. On January 11th, Davidson was arrested in the vacant house. There, police found Chris's size 9.5 Nike socks. Oh, no. Nike shocks. (laughs) Athletic shoes and a 22 caliber high standard revolver. Davidson was then interrogated about the murders. He told five different stories. First, Mm -hmm. claiming that he had left the house on Friday and knew nothing of the crimes. Mm -hmm. He later (laughs) told police that Cobbins and another assailant, um, George Giovanni Thomas, had been... um, Shit, I keep losing my place. Where am I? Yes, Cobbins and Thomas arrived at his house at around 10 p.m. on Friday or Saturday and informed him 
that they had carjacked some people who were in the vehicle. So Davidson claimed that he saw the victims tied up in the back seat, did not want any part of it, and left to smoke weed. <laughs> wow. And then he said that he returned to the house about 20 minutes later to find Shannon, who told him that she didn't want to die. He then used Shannon's vehicle to deal drugs and then wiped it clean. Davidson claimed that he did not go past the living room and that he never raped Shannon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So on January 11th, Thomas, Cobbins, and Coleman, who was the girl, Vanessa, they were arrested in Lebanon, uh, Kentucky. Police seized a computer on which Thomas and Cobbins had been viewing news coverage of the murders. Police also seized a purse that contained several of Shannon's belongings, including her cosmetic bag and change purse. Additionally, police found Shannon's overnight bag. Cobbins gave a statement to investigators claiming that he, Davidson, and Boyd drove to an apartment complex for someone to meet a girl. When they arrived, they saw an SUV with a female in the driver's seat. She was speaking to a male, and Davidson and Boyd basically carjacked them and ordered Cobbins to drive back to Chipman Street. According to Cobbins, Davidson took the woman into a bedroom once they arrived at the residence, and Boyd drove away with the man. Boyd later returned without the male victim. Cobbins denied having any sexual intercourse with the female victim, and Coleman admitted to being present in the house during the crimes, claiming that she had been held hostage by the other defendants. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, if that were the case, why didn't you let Shannon go? Yeah, whenever they left her alone. Yeah. And you could have also left. Like, what? Yeah. Mm-mm. Stupid. So, and uh, continue with fucking Vanessa Coleman. A journal was recovered after the arrest of Thomas Cobbins and Coleman. An entry from January 9th reads, this was Coleman's journal. She said, Last night was one of a kind. We stayed with a crackhead that is cool as hell. It snowed a little bit, but it's already melted. Let's talk about adventures. I had one hell of an adventure since I've been in Big TN. It's a crazy world these days, but I love the fun adventures and lessons that I'm that I've learned. It's gonna be a long, interesting year. Exclamation point. Like, what the fuck? And a forensic document examiner verified that the handwriting in the entry matched Coleman's handwriting. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I've mentioned the names of the fucking murderers and rapists and pieces of shit, but I'm going to go into their charges and all that and like what everybody's names are or whatever so mm. um so there were four males and then one female so George Giovanni he went by Detroit Thomas mm. born January 23rd 1983 faced a total of 46 charges Thomas was indicted on 16 counts of felony murder related to the rape, robbery, and kidnapping committed against Shannon and Chris. 
two counts of premeditated murder, two counts of especially aggravated robbery, four counts of especially aggravated kidnapping, 20 counts of aggravated rape, and two counts of theft. Um, the next is, I think his name is <clears throat> Latalvis Darnell. Uh, he went by Rome Cobbins, born December 20th, 1982, faced the same 46 charges as Thomas. He was also charged with assaulting a correctional officer while incarcerated pending trial. In 2003, Cobbins had been convicted of third-degree attempted robbery in New York. He and Davidson... These damn dogs. He and Davidson are half-brothers. Mm. Um, so, here we go. This is Lamarcus Duvall... He went by Slim Davidson, born January 13th, or no, I'm sorry, born June 13th, 1981, faced the same 46 charges as Thomas. Davidson was originally from Memphis and had just in August 2006 completed a five-year sentence in Tennessee on a previous felony conviction for carjacking and aggravated robbery. Davidson was also indicted for a second robbery committed at a pizza hut one day after the murders. Wow. He was on a high. He's like, let's yeah. keep this party going. Yeah. Ugh. And then, um, Eric, uh, Dwayne, he went by E Boyd. He was born February 18th, 1972. He was arrested in connection with the fatal carjacking. He was not indicted by the Knox county grand jury in 2007 but was indicted by a federal grand jury in the eastern district of tennessee on august 23rd 2007 the grand jury returned a super superseding indictment charging him with being an accessory to the carjacking resulting in serious bodily injury to another person and uh miss misprison of a felony Later, Boyd was accused by Thomas and Cobbins of the rape and murder of Chris, and a search warrant was obtained for his DNA. He was tried on state charges more than a decade later in 2019. And last, we have Vanessa Lynn Coleman, born June 29, 1988. She was arrested by the Lebanon police department in her hometown of Lebanon, Kentucky. She faced 40 Tennessee state charges. Uh, Coleman was indicted on 12 counts of felony murder related to rape, robbery, kidnapping, and theft, and one count of premeditated murder of Shannon only, one count of especially aggravated robbery of Chris only, four counts of especially aggravated kidnapping, 20 counts of aggravated rape and two counts of theft. So, wait a minute. They did all this in an apartment and nobody heard nothing. Right. I don't, I don't know how any of that is. Like, I don't. Yeah. 
They must have really, like, she was muffled, maybe. Maybe. Or too weak. Oh, I can't even imagine, like, knowing that y'all both, like, you and your significant other were taken together, and then they took him somewhere, and you just know it's not good, like. Weird, yeah. Mm -mm. So, the first trials, uh, the four suspects indicted in Knox County were scheduled to be tried separately in trials between May and August of 2008. Mm-hmm. In February 2008, the trial dates for the subjects indicted in Knox County was moved to 2009. Um, a judge allowed Thomas and Cobbins to be tried by juries from Davidson County, which includes Nashville. The attorneys for Thomas filed a motion for a speedy trial, arguing that no forensic link between their client and the crime scene. Thomas was granted the motion and was scheduled to go on trial on August 11th, 2008. The judge ruled that Thomas's phone call from the jailhouse to his acquaintances were admissible as evidence. And a district attorney, Randy Nichols, announced that the state would seek the death penalty for both Cobbins who was the first to go on trial, and Coleman, if convicted. Davidson was also indicted for the pizza robbery committed the day after the murders. Um, The publicity against the accused led the defense to argue that a change of venue was required in order to ensure a fair trial. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this, this was all over the news. Yes. Um. So. <clears throat> The state argued that an impartial jury could be found and the preceding judge subsequently denied the motion as premature. And a judge threatened to ban the... um, (laughs) My God. To ban Chris's family, the Newsom family, from the courtroom after they called Davidson's attorney, Doug Trant, a jerk. (laughs) Okay. Wow, so yeah. sensitive. Yeah. So the verdicts from the first trial um, on April 16, 2008, Eric Boyd was found guilty in federal court of being an accessory to a fatal carjacking and of failing to report the location of a known fugitive. Boyd was the first to go to trial, the only subject not charged with murder. Whoa. He was sentenced to a maximum of 18 years in federal prison. He is incarcerated at the Federal Correctional Institute of Yazoo City. Wait, what did I say? Federal Correctional Institution. Yes, I did say that. Which is a low-security federal prison in Yazoo Mm -hmm. County, Mississippi. On August 25th, 2009, Cobbins was found guilty of the murders of uh, Shannon and Chris... Cobbins faced the possibility of a death penalty because he was convicted of first-degree felony murder in the case of Shannon. He was found guilty of facilitating the murder of Chris and was acquitted of Chris's rape. Mm. On August 26, Cobbins was sentenced to life without parole. On August 28th, oh no, no, no. Sorry, on October 28, 2009, uh, LaMarcus Davidson was found guilty. The jurors unanimously found 
Davidson should receive the death penalty on the four capital charges, two first-degree felony murder charges, and two premeditated first-degree murders of Shannon and Chris. Mm -hmm. In June 2010, Davidson was sentenced to 80 years for another charge related to the murders. This sentence is to be served consecutively to the death penalty, while the death while the death sentences are also consecutive. Like what? <laughs> During sentencing, the judge said that the crime was one of the most incredibly outrageous, cruel, and inhumane cases his court had ever seen. He also said how people can engage in this type of conduct is just in this type of conduct is just unexplainable. And there really is no sentence great enough to punish you for the conduct that you've been convicted of. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Supreme Court affirmed Davidson's conviction and death sentence sentences in 2016. So on December 8th, 2009, George Thomas was found guilty on multiple counts. The jury returned a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole on each of the four capital convictions. Um, Vanessa Coleman, the last defendant to face trial, was granted immunity by federal authorities for for testimony in the federal case of the carjacking. But the state courts ruled that the federal grant of immunity could not extend to the state charges of murder and rape. Good, because, yeah. But... On May 13th, 2018 or 2010, Coleman was acquitted of first degree murder and found guilty of the lesser charges. Mm. On July 30th, 2010, she was sentenced to 53 years in prison. During sentencing, Shannon's father stated, For me personally, you took my baby. You took my opportunity to say yes to a young man one day. You took my wedding dance away. You took my opportunity to hold her child, my grandbaby. That is so sad. It's devastating. Oh, my God. She was only 21. Yeah, she was only 21. He was 23. I can't. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um. So they made, like, appeals and retrials. Um. They all appealed their convictions. The sentencing judge from the original trials uh, was forced to resign from the bench in March 2011, 2011, having admitted to drug addiction and purchasing prescription pain meds from convicts. Well, then. And a woman accused him of trading legal favors for sex during breaks in court oh sessions. My God. Jeez. Yeah. He pleaded guilty um, to official misconduct. His name was Richard Baumgartner. Jesus. Yeah. So it was held that his ability to conduct trials had been impaired during his prior two years on the bench, and he was disbarred into September. On December 1st, 2011, Judge John Kerry Blackwood granted new trials to all four defendants after the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation showed Baumgartner was likely impaired while proceeding over their trials. Mm -hmm. So Blackwood set retrials for between June and November uh, 2012. 
pending appeals and set bail at $1 million for Coleman, the only defendant whose sentence had the possibility of parole. He denied a change of venue but allowed for jurors to be brought in from outside Knox County. Due to double jeopardy, the defendants faced a maximum sentence, a maximum, oh my god, the defendants faced at maximum the sentences that they had already received, and thus only Davidson was eligible for capital punishment. Prosecutors uh, conceded Baumgartner had been impaired during Coleman's trial, but appealed the decision to retry Davidson, Cobbins, and Thomas. The decision to hold retrials for them was affirmed in two, in a two-to-one decision by the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals on April 13th. Uh, on May 2012, the Texas Supreme Court, the Texas, the Tennessee Supreme Court overturned Blackwood's ruling ordering new trials for Cobbins, Davidson, and Thomas saying that a trial judge's misconduct outside the courtroom does not necessarily require a new trial unless the misconduct is shown to have affected the trial proceedings, but that its decision should not be construed as condoning or excusing Baumgartner's misconduct. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Judge Blackwood was asked to consider the motions again for new trials. Our June 2012 Judge Blackwood again granted new trials for Davidson, Cobbins, and Thomas, basing his decision on the 13th juror rule. Prosecutors filed to have Judge Blackwood recused from the case, citing Blackwood's emotional involvement, um, his ex parte communication with the defense, lack of candor with the local media and Supreme Court guidance uh, that should be considered before any other action. Following Blackwood's recusal, Senior Judge Walter Kurtz was named to oversee the retrials and the decision to grant them. Retrials was denied. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh, well, they were denied for Cobbins and Davidson, but granted for Thomas and Coleman. Well, then. Yeah. So... Facing the same charges as her first trial on November 20th, 2012, Vanessa Coleman was convicted by a jury of the facilitation of aggravated kidnapping, facilitation of rape, and the facilitation of the murder of Shannon, but not of Chris. Mm -hmm. These convictions were on lesser charges than her initial conviction. While the retrial was conducted in Knoxville, the jury of the retrial was was selected from Jackson 20th, Tennessee. <laughs> From Jackson, Tennessee, more than 300 miles west of Knoxville. Coleman's lawyers argued that she should receive a 20 year sentence, while prosecutors asked for the maximum sentence of nearly 50 years. Blackwood sentenced Coleman to 35 years in prison on February 1st, 2013, minus credit for time already served. Specifically, he sentenced her to 25 years for the facilitation of Shannon's murder, six years for the facilitation of kidnapping and four years for the facilitation of rape. During sentencing, Blackwood commented that the psychological torture of this unfortunate victim was immense. He also called the crime the most horrible murder case he had seen. 
In 2014, the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals denied Coleman's request for a new trial and upheld their sentence. Um, and on May 17, 2013, the retrial of George Thomas with a jury impaneled in Nashville ended in a verdict of guilty on all 38 counts. He was resentenced to life in prison by the jury, but with the possibility of parole after 51 years. On June 4, 2013, Judge Kurtz sentenced Thomas to two life sentences uh, consecutive for the murders and 25 years for the rapes. In 2015, the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals in 2015, the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals upheld Thomas's conviction. And in January 2016, Thomas appealed to the United States Supreme Court, but the court did not agree to hear the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On March 20th, 2018, 11 years after the murders, a Knox County jury returned a 36-count indictment charging Eric Dwayne Boyd with first-degree felony murder, first-degree premeditated murder, especially aggravated robbery, especially aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated rape in the murders. Boyd was transported from a federal correctional institute in Yazoo City, Mississippi, and booked into the Knox County Jail, where he was held on a $1 million bond. And when he was tried on August 13, 2019, a jury found him guilty on nearly all charges. So the judge immediately sentenced Boyd to life in prison as this was automatic for a murder conviction. He was also sentenced to another 90 years for other crimes, including especially aggravated kidnapping, robbery, and rape. Uh, Boyd's request for a new trial was denied, and in 2021... Uh, also, he was also denied a new trial and he did an appeal in March of 2022 and that was also denied. So Vanessa Coleman, the only female charged and convicted in the crimes is held at the Tennessee prison for women now known as the Deprecate Johnson Rehabilitation Center in Nashville, serving a 35-year sentence. Uh, Coleman was eligible for parole in 2017, and her sentence expires on April 18, 2036. In August 2014, the families of the victims were notified that with good behavior, Coleman's sentence was being reduced by 16 days per month of incarceration, making her eligible for parole consideration in October 2014. The parole hearing was rescheduled for October to December. At the December 2014 hearing, Coleman was denied parole, and her next parole consideration date was set for December 2020. Uh, And during that parole board hearing, uh, Shannon and Chris's mothers and Shannon's father gave statements to the board opposing parole. The seven board members voted unanimously to deny Coleman's parole and ensure that she would not be eligible to go before a parole board again for 10 years. Dang. So Cobbins and Thomas were, or 
originally incarcerated in Riverbend Maximum Security Institution in Nashville. Um, but after the Bledsoe County Correctional Complex in Pikesville opened, or Pikeville opened in 2012, they were transferred to that facility. Cobbins is currently serving a life sentence without parole at the Northwest Correctional Complex. Uh, and Thomas is also there. His sentence ends in May 2053. And Davidson was sentenced to death on October 3rd, 2009 and is incarcerated at the Riverbend Maximum Security Institution. Eric Boyd, who had been serving a sentence of 18 years at the Federal Correctional Institution, Beckley, a medium security prison near Beaver, West Virginia, was potentially eligible for release in 2022, but found guilty on charges of rape and first-degree murder. So, in 2019, so that didn't happen. Uh, and he's back in prison. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but after all of that, Shannon. And, uh, Chris, you wait a minute. I think it's just Shannon. I think it's just Shannon's family. They did a, um, memorial thing. Like they did a scholarship. So Shannon, the Shannon Gale Christian foundation and the Shannon Gale Christian Memorial golf tournament were established in Shannon, in Shannon's memory to provide a scholarship for a Farragut High School senior to attend the University of Tennessee. A foundation has also been, oh, okay, yes. A foundation has also been established in Chris's name. The foundation holds an annual memorial baseball tournament at the Halls Community Park. A memorial scholarship is given annually in his name to a graduating Halls High School baseball player. Uh, Shannon's father, Gary Christian, speaks at churches proclaiming how in spring 2017 he asked God to restore him from his pervasive anger. Mm. He presents compelling testimony of how he overcame the anger that most East Tennesseans saw play out during news articles throughout the trials and appeals. Mm-hmm. So that is that. Gosh. Very sad. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just glad they all got caught. And and even if that woman, which it doesn't sound like she was scared for her life at all, like, oh, they're going to do to me what they're doing to her. Um, she had hours to call 911, sneak out the door and lead the cops back, you know, get help. But apparently they did not value these young people's lives. And it's just very sad. Right. Just like, and disrespectful. He just gave away her stuff that was in her purse. They're just driving yeah. a car. They're running errands in that car. It's nothing. It's like they disassociated. I forgot to ask, or I don't know if you mentioned, but they weren't on drugs during this whole ordeal. Um, They could have been, but I didn't see anything that said they were. I just can't. I can't even imagine being a bystander while this amount of violence 
and sexual violence at that right, that is right. taking place to just, you know, I don't know. I, but I guess that that shows that we're, we're normal because we can't understand how, right. If we did, that would be a problem. Yeah, it would but, be um, really bad. But, but Jesus, um, I do feel bad for their families, but I am glad that everybody's incarcerated that needs to be. And um, I'm just shocked um, at that there was no one that heard anything or saw anything during yeah, that whole night. the only night. person was the trash man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, regardless, I'm just glad they got caught and justice was, was served. It's so funny how that they um, – Davidson was like trying to have a fair trial like you deserve like you deserve a fair trial really after this whole thing right but um but yeah um well that was very dark but very um important and very serious and uh I I had kind of heard of that story before but not the full extent of everything that happened to them so yeah um, and there was like a bunch of stuff like uh media stuff that I didn't really want to like go over or whatever but um no, include, yeah. there was like a huge uproar that like the media wasn't talking about it because it was four black men and oh, Shannon yeah. and Chris were white well yeah I yep yeah, I had a feeling that had something to do with yeah. that or came came into it somehow um well there is a current case that's going on right now that since we're already mad and upset over this case i might as well talk about but um did you hear about that alexis trevino trevio girl no but i have heard of the girl here in midland that was killed oh what happened to her her boyfriend killed her domestic violence oh no yeah her name was madeline that's sad poor girl poor family um knowing them they probably didn't even know he was violent I don't know. I, I think he was her ex boyfriend and he just went over there and I don't like fucked that. her up, killed her. Um, but anyways, now that that's all. And then did you see the the volcano situation? Oh my god, I saw your post on the Instagram. Because we had just been talking about natural disasters. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, did. Mexico City. <laughs> Mexico City of the volcano. And that's the volcano I think that forgive me guys because i haven't researched but i i feel like that's the the volcano that it's the the woman that's laying down and the aztec god is like above her you know what i'm talking about like well, let me see i vaguely know what you're talking about oh yes i do know what you're talking about it's like a romantic story yeah of like how she passed away or something i learned about it a long time ago but i think that's the volcano that's erupting wonderful Popocatepetl, something <laughs> It's a good Popo. Popo for short, I feel like. But um, anyways, a lot of a lot of stuff is going on. But um, well, guys, we appreciate you joining us this week. Now that we're back and rolling again, you can catch us again next Friday with a new episode. It's my turn, so I'll bring something uh, shocking or scary to the forefront here um, to discuss. So yeah, don't forget to give us a follow over on Twitter and on Instagram, and follow our page on facebook give me the creeps g-i-m-m-e the creeps don't forget we're always accepting direct messages from our listeners in case you want to share a story on the podcast Um, once again thank you guys for all your support and i will be posting this case's um, information for everyone to see um, 
super dark, but yeah, thank you guys for uh, joining us. So did we give you the creeps? <laughs> <laughs>